At The Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com slash workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. This is the Decibel Podcast with Chris Sinzak and Aaron Camaro. Gather round, gather round. Turn up your iPod playing machines and check this out. It's time for the Decibel Geek Podcast. Who are we? A couple of hard rock and metal fans that decided about 10 years ago to make a podcast and been doing it ever since. My name is Aaron Camaro and I am always joined by my good friend Chris Sinzak. What's going on, brother? Did you say iPod playing machines? iPod playing machines, you know. Play the iPods on the on the iPlayers. I like that. I'm going to use that in the future. <laughs> if we, if I ever have to start a rival expo, that's what it'll be called. The iPod playing machines expo. Uh huh. Okay. Yep. It's going to be huge. So catchy. Very catchy. Rolls right off the tongue. <laughs> <laughs> I probably won't have no problem finding a, a domain either. No, I have. A, I'm pretty sure that one's not taken. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Awesome start. Factual, even. Yes. So, you know us, we do this every week. We uh, have fun with it, like I said, almost 10 years. Um, Somebody asked me the other day how we were doing on the all-time music history rankings, and, you know, last time I said we're so happy to be in top 10, but I seen that we creeped up again to number 9. Now in the single digits. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Got that going on. Of course, you know, we do this podcast. We do Friday Night Live. Uh, we did, just did that last Friday night. We do that with producer Rock and Ron Runyon from Decibel Geek TV. If you guys aren't checking us out on Friday nights live, we go on 7 p.m. Central Time, and uh, you could actually be a part of the show. Set a little time aside on your Friday night to check us out doing that. Yeah, and you can um, you can watch, and then you can tell us what happened, because we usually don't remember by the end of it. <laughs> Yeah, Friday nights are good drinking nights. We get together with Ron, we get buzzed up, and we talk about rock and roll, and we invite everybody to join us for that because you know we we really have fun with the uh, listener interactions, and it's a viewing thing, so you can watch us too. So if you imagine us to be handsome devils on the podcast, you know, just a fair warning, you actually get to see us on the live stream on Friday nights. Don't be shocked. And you're you're quickly proven wrong. We are not handsome devils. <laughs> Like, wow, you guys sound a lot handsomer than you really are. That's normal with radio, isn't it? (laughs) Right. Of course. And uh, on top of all these awesome things, man, coming up on August the 6th through the 8th, right here in Nashville, Tennessee, we are hosting once again the Rockin' Pod Expo 2021, kicking off the party of all parties for the rest of our lives. We've been depraved of rock and roll entertainment (laughs) for so long now that it's time to bring it back and that's why we're doing rock and pod 2021 got all kinds of awesome people coming to that we got rock and roll concerts tied in with it we've got podcasters from all over north america coming to be a part of it i mean chris we got any updates i mean we got all kinds of cool announcements already i know well i mean the most recent 
updates that I mean, since the last time we recorded, um, obviously you heard it first on Friday Night Live because we got the scoop earlier. But uh, mm-hmm. um, our good friend Paul Taylor from Winger is going to be coming back. Uh, we haven't seen Paul since 2018, so I'm excited to see him again. He's right. also been working on the new Mick Mars record, so uh, I'm excited to talk to him about that. Heck yeah, man. We've been waiting for that for a long time, so it'll be cool to have somebody around that's got the inside scoop. Maybe we can find out what's going on with it. There might be a few other people that play on that record coming. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, nice. And um, also, uh, you know, we, we announced Don Jameson very early, the comedian. Uh, we're going to round out the comedian lineup with Courtney Cronin Dold and Craig Gass. They're both going to come back this year. Fantastic. Those two were so awesome the year they came, and we got to. Uh, I forget which, what was that, year three? What, that the, we did the comedy show? That was year two. Okay, so year two it was. So in year two, we actually went to a club the next day on Sunday after Rockin' Pod and got to enjoy a rock and roll comedy show. So hopefully, between those three awesome rock and roll comedians, hopefully we can come up with something fun to do. Yeah, we're we're working on some cool stuff behind the scenes. It's just a matter of securing venue space and stuff like that, and making sure schedules work. But uh, there's going to be some cool stuff announced down the road. I can't just I can't confirm it right now, but we're working on it. And um, I had a, a nice hour long call with Craig uh, about a week ago while I was waiting on my wife to get done bartending at the uh, brewery she works at. And the reason it lasted an hour is we were work- talking details on you know him coming and everything, and then. Um, he started making making jokes about Vinnie Vincent, and then he, he said, uh, "And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna spill the beans on the joke because I'm pretty sure he's gonna use it when he gets here." But uh, I he he was like, "Yeah, you've been through some stuff with that guy," and I said, "Oh, I could tell you stories for hours." And then of course he's like, "Well, you, now you have to." So I then he pumped me for Vinnie Vincent stories for like almost an hour. Too funny. It's a fascinating saga. I know. Yeah, it'll it'll never fully go away, I'm sure. And I don't mind talking about it at times. We just don't like to focus the show on it. But uh, right. But you know, he was following all the drama that went down with the falling out and everything, and he was wanting me to kind of go into all of that and and tell him some stuff that happened behind the scenes. And I I obliged. But it was just kind of cool because I've been you know following Craig for twenty plus years, so it's it's nice to actually have a phone call with him and and you know share those stories. That's awesome. Very cool, man. I'm really looking forward to that. And then, of course, you know, we got Billy Sheehan's going to be there, and Ron Keel's going to be there, and Anthony Corder from Tora Tora. Also, Jason Beeler's going to be coming back. And um, But, yeah, a lot of people. We've already announced quite a few guests. And, of course, Tommy Skeo and his band Resistant Bites going to play the pre-party. We did secure a venue um, this past week. I'm working on getting the tickets on sale for that. Right on. Awesome. So everything is coming together sweetly for Rockin' Pod 2021. If you guys want to be a part of it, just hit us up, rockinpod.com. That's R-O-C-K-N-P-O-D.com. Check it out. Get yourself a room. Like we said, we, we tell you this all the time, but I want to re... Want to... Uh, what the fuck's the word? Reiterate. Uh, want to reiterate how important this is. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> I'm always happy to help. <laughs> I'm a real dummy sometimes. Got to reiterate this and let you know how important it is to get the hotel room. First off, you're going to get the discount when you go to rockandpod.com and sign up through the website. Then from there, you got to know that there's no better place to be that weekend than right on site. Friday night, let's say we all get together. We go to the pre-show party. 
that's going to be awesome. We're going to have a really good time. We're going to see guests up on stage during the Rare Hair segment doing cover songs of mm-hmm. all our favorite stuff. You're going to get to see dudes singing songs that you never thought you'd see sing that song. It's it's a trip. Every year it's been awesome. We've done it that style. And then on top of it, like Chris said, Resist and Bite featuring Tommy Skeel, formerly a Tesla. That's badass. So then the show's over. You go right back to the hotel, you know, and then you're up in your room, wake up next morning, Rooster Crows, oh, you're refreshed. You're ready to go for Rockin' Pod. Get down there, grab yourself some breakfast, and boom, you're right there. You don't even have to get in a car or nothing. You're right there. And you're at the line. You're getting some eggs. And who's standing next to you? Paul Taylor. And who's on the other side of you? Well, it's Jason Beeler. You know, these guys are all just hanging out. So when you're at Rockin' Pod, you're a part of the whole thing. But afterwards, a lot of us like to go to the hotel bar, you know, and hang out and have a few. And that includes a lot of the guests. So you're hanging out having a few drinks, rock stars all around, people talking about rock and roll, celebrating rock and roll, celebrating podcasting and having a good time. So you're done with that, right back to your room. No sweat. Didn't have to drive. Didn't have to worry about that at all. So you're safe in your room, having a good time, right back at it the next day. Everything is right there centralized at the hotel. You got to get a room so we can all party together. Yeah. Well, and you know, and every year we, we try to tell you guys this, you know, the half the fun of, uh, you know, it's always great to see these artists and to see our fellow podcasters, but we want to meet you guys that are the listeners. Right. Like, so if, you know, we, we have several that come out every year, but if you haven't done it, and you wonder, like, well, I wonder if I'm going to have a good time at this. Trust me, you you get to hang out with us. We'll we'll have beers together. It'll be yeah. a great time. And and I, the more Decibel Geek listeners we can see there, the the happier we'll be. That's right, because with all these different podcasts showing up, you know, I'm sure, like I said, you know, a hundred times, you're probably not only listening to Decibel Geek. I'm sure you like a lot of other rock podcasts too. Well, a lot of them are going to be there. Yeah. So not only can you come meet and hang out with Chris and myself, you might hang out with. Any other of your favorite podcasters, whether it's BJ Kahuna, Loose Cannon, Baco, any of these guys. Are the Canadians coming back? Have they confirmed yet? Well, they're waiting to see if the border opens. That's the main oh, thing. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. Dang. I think they're in if the border opens. It's just, you know, Justin Trudeau has to do the right thing. <laughs> I got to believe it's going to happen pretty soon. I mean, everything else seems to be pretty well lightening up, you know, and people are trying to get back to business as normal. But, uh, yeah, I know we got a long list of uh, podcasts that have already signed up for this thing, too. So come yep. not just meet your favorite rock stars, but you can come talk to your favorite podcasters, too. And you know what? Maybe even get to get on the shows because they're all hanging out recording, you know. Mm-hmm. Say, hey, I love you guys. Can I pop in for a minute? Probably say pull up a chair, throw on these headphones, sit in front of this microphone. Let's do it. Yeah, it's going to be uh gonna be a, lot, a crazy weekend it's gonna be a lot of fun and uh yeah it's i'm excited for it and i'm excited to see as many of you guys as, as we can see me too can't wait so with all that stuff out of the way we're still not ready to quite get to the new noise yet <laughs> which is by the way what we're doing today uh bringing that back this is always a popular thing we do but of course we did a show last week and the cool thing about that is there are people in this world that love us a lot They leave us reviews. They leave us recommendations. Whether it's a Facebook recommendation, a Podchaser review, or an Apple Podcast review, or maybe even on your iPlayer machine. (laughs) Your iPlayer machine. Wherever you need to leave us a review, you can do that because as of this moment right now, we have none. Yeah, you asshole. Zero. (laughs) No love for the Decibel Geek Podcast this week. That's okay. Gives you guys an opportunity to get out there and do that. Like I said, Podchaser iTunes, Apple Podcasts, whatever, you know. 
Facebook recommendation. We don't care. We'll take it all. And clearly, you guys know, it means a lot to us. It keeps us bumped right up there at number nine on the list. And uh, yeah, we love it a lot. So sorry, couldn't read you no reviews this week. I know that's everybody's favorite part of the show. <laughs> Not just ours. Well, we we do have some geeks of the week this week, though. Yes, because we still have people that love us. Still have people that care. We have people that love last week's episode so much that they just couldn't help but get out there and share it on Twitter and on Facebook. So when you do that, if you find the original Facebook post, the original Twitter tweet, then you share that and you make the list and you become an honorary geek of the week, just like these fine folks. Geeks of the Week this week are Adam Cox, the Rock and Metal Profs podcast, joining us at Rock and Pod. Yes. Uh, Joseph Capone, Pantheon podcast, Simon Cat, Matt Ashcraft, Jay Shablewski, Heath Rockford, the Bakery podcast, Aaron Baker, Shea Hargett, Wayne Cross, Jeffrey Mendenhall, Mark and Jerry BS Sessions, Mark Alden Taylor, David Glenn, Mike Parnell, and Obscuria podcast, Bill Elam, Anxiety Descending, Ladio, Hawk on Bergstad, Doug Fox, and Neil MJ Condaglioni. Chad Leesener, Daniel Lee, Kevin Northern, Tom Smoke, J.J. McElhenney, Sean Cullen, Vet Halen, and as always, the Mooger Fooger. That's right. Those are our people, our best friends in the whole damn world. That's right. They take our episodes, they share it, they retweet it. It basically helps us get the word out to the streets of the internet to let people know what we got going on right here at the Decibel Geek Podcast. And that is a whole lot of celebration of rock and roll. And the doors are open. Come join the party. Thanks to everybody that shares and retweets and helps us get the word out. We love you. Yep. So we're ready to get to some uh, current rock news. I've been so busy lately, man. I don't even know what's going on in the world. I'm actually going to rely on you today to get me (laughs) caught up in the world of everything I've missed in the last couple of weeks. I know there's got to be some crazy stuff brewing in the world of rock and roll. I mean, everything's about to break loose again come August. Well, let me tell you something. It was a it was a bit of a, a bit of a slog trying to put some stories together this week, and I'll tell really? you why. Okay. Well, I think about half of the posts on on Blabbermouth and Loudwire and all the, the news sites that I check, um, they were either musicians talking about politics, which mm-hmm. we're not touching. Um, or musicians talking about the vaccine, which we're also not yeah, touching. That's no fun to talk about either. Uh, talk up, you can talk to me in private all you want about it, but we're not doing it on the show. Or um, this ba- member of this band and this member of this band and this member of this band got together and did a Zoom mashup of a song. And like that's, that's kind of cool, but it's not really that much fun to talk about on a podcast. Right. Have you heard this guy? Um, I think he's been doing it before. I don't remember if we talked about it before. His name is... Uh, Dennis, uh, I can't think of his last name, but what he does is uh, he'll take a song, he's a musician, and he'll say, what if Typo Negative wrote Master of Puppets? Oh, yeah, I've seen that video. And he's got a bunch of them, and those Mm -hmm. are pretty damn cool. I've been checking them out lately. He does a bunch of what if Alice in Chains did a song by a different band and they do like metallic yeah. songs in the style of Alice in Chains. He does Motorhead, he does Metallica, he does Typo Negative. Really good. This guy is really good. And uh man, I know the band he's in is called Plan Left. P L A N L E F T, but I can't think of his first name's Dennis. I can't think of his last name off the top of my head, but uh maybe you can put a link to something like that in Yeah, the- we'll um we'll post it on the uh on the facebook page 
check him out. It's it's a trip because the guy's a hell of a musician. He's uh, he's really good at mimicking the voices of some of these guys, especially Peter Steele. He's been doing some pretty awesome songs where I said, man, I kind of wish Typo Negative would have done a cover of that. But this is the next <laughs> best thing right here. And it's pretty cool because, you know, bands like Motorhead and Typo Negative are dead and gone. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with this... And it's cool. It's it's kind of like to me in the same vein as like uh, classic seventy eight or something right. like that, you know, where it's paying tribute to an artist. And I really dig it. I've been digging that stuff for a minute now. Well, that's cool. Well, and you know, and I'll throw in one of my favorite covers that has been done by all these musicians getting together. Um, I think I mentioned it on Friday Night Live. Is the it was Dino, the singer from uh, Animal Drive, and. Uh, is it Joel Hoekstra, the guitar player, Mike Portnoy on drums, and they did a, a metal version of Jane by Jefferson Starship. Oh wow! It's even if you're not a giant fan of that song, the original. It they they put it on steroids, which it's one of my favorite songs. But it they really did a great job with it. I've checked that out. Yeah, it's especially Dino's vocals. That's not an easy vocal to pull off. Another one I like is. Uh Speaking of Classic 78, um, Chris Jericho's band, uh, Quarantine. Yeah. They've been doing covers of classic 80s Kiss songs. That's been kind of hit and miss for me with them. Like, yeah. c- certain ones I like a lot, but then they're like, what's the one? They they did one recently that I just I couldn't get into it because of his vocals. It was, uh, was yeah. it Love's a Deadly Weapon, I think. I think that was. I think so. I think that was the latest one. I know they did uh, "No No No," which I thought was was pretty cool. Yeah, Yeah, that was really good. I like that a lot. It's always kind of weird, like growing up a Kiss fan, where it wasn't always that cool to love Kiss, but then you see as adults now, so many cool ass people like Chris Jericho love Mm. Kiss. You know, and it's like, man, I wasn't the weirdo after all. Maybe I was. Maybe it was cool to be weird. I will say at the beginning of the Loves a Deadly Weapon video, though, they do a little thing where they're at the breakfast table and they're making fun of of uh, Exposed. Which is, <laughs> yeah. which was, I thought that was really entertaining. Yeah. Oh, man. So cool. Put some root beer in your cornflakes. All these Zoom things aren't so bad. You know, it's never going to be a good replacement for live music, but it's something. At you least. know, at least these guys are still fine. They found a way to still be creative throughout all of it. Yeah, it's made everybody have to really adapt. And I mean, I, there's been some great stuff that's come out of it. And I think streaming concerts are going to be normal going forward. I mean, there'll, there'll be st- still be live stuff, but I think the streaming element's still going to be a part of it. And like podcasters like us we took up live streaming just because it's it's good to get your you know to get yourself out there and kind of talk to other people right yeah it's true you know different angles different things you know you can't be everywhere at once and you know here lately you can't be anywhere any of the time so if you're stuck at home make the best of it and do what you do you know that's we've all kind of adapted to it and for us it ended up being a good thing because we talked about doing live streams and doing more video stuff in the past mm-hmm. And in the last year, it just became such a thing. It's like, well, now's the time to actually do that. Now that it's popular and everybody else is doing it, now we should do it too. <laughs> right, exactly. We're just like Kiss. We jump on trends when they're a year late. Right, yeah. Rock and Ron comes around and goes, come on, guys, that's so 2013. And we're like, perfect. Yeah, it's just right for us. Well, um, I, I will say, you know, and we have to figure this out because we're coming up on our 10th anniversary. So, like, we, I mean, obviously we're, we're going to do a 10th anniversary podcast episode, but I'm thinking we should do a 10th anniversary, like, live stream party. Yeah? 
you know, I think that could be pretty fun and have like, you know, some of the either past guests or other podcasters that have been on over the years just come on and and just tell us how great we are for two hours tell us how awesome we are and how <laughs> proud of us you are that we made it for 10 years <laughs> talking about rock and roll who would ever thought something like that would last uh, but i just i think that would be fun and you know that would be cool maybe we'll look at it on uh which friday night falls closest to the actual anniversary-ish day and We'll maybe do it then. Well, that come, that brings another question up, though. Do we start it from the first day that I started it, or do we do it from the day that you came on board? I'd rather do it from the day you came on board. I'm cool with that, too. Because it really became what it was after you came on. Yeah. Like, years were kind of like the demos. <laughs> yeah. And then the full-length studio album started coming out. So I'll, I'll need to look at what your first episode date was, and we'll look at what lands okay. around that time. Yeah, that's cool with me. Yeah. It truly has been a partnership for over a decade now. I know. Well, no prenup or anything. No, uh-uh. <laughs> it's pretty cool. You know, not a lot of podcasts last this long. You know, there's a lot more dead ones than there are ones that are living. So yeah. it, it is kind of a testament. I'm proud of it, for sure. I'm definitely proud oh, of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I- I, I didn't know that we. I didn't think. I, not that I didn't didn't think we would last ten years, but like I didn't. Even, I couldn't even think that far ahead when we started. No, and it's always been like that. Like even now, you think about okay, what are we doing next week? You know, what are we doing Friday night? Mm-hmm. You know, and then you you're on to the next. And like people that listen, like found people that found this podcast. You know, later on, that go back and they listen to one episode and go, oh, cool, I'm going to check out this whole thing. Right. And then they go through the very beginnings and then the growth and then the the big pink saga and all that <laughs> stuff. And then like somebody will say something to me and be like, oh, like that time or I can't believe you said this or, oh, that's crazy or whatever. And I don't remember. Mm-mm. I have no idea. And I go, I got to think, what episode was that? And we've done over 400 of them. It's like there was a point in history where I could probably name off every episode we had done. Oh, yeah. Because I was so proud of them coming up because you're thinking about each one but then after a certain point they all kind of blur after a while they totally do and yeah there's i've tried to go back and you know listen to some old clips and stuff and i'll go through like the list of episodes and i'll see certain titles and stuff where i'm like wow we did that i don't even remember doing that one so yeah it's uh it's interesting anyway we should start probably actually talk about some news now (laughs) here's what's happening in the world of news of decibel geek well, this is a bit of a tired story, but uh, I'm going to do this story because then there's a response from this person's partner. Um, the The title is Gene Simmons, Why I Keep Saying Rock is Dead. Because he, he trademarked the phrase. Yes. And he's really trying to get it over. Simmons spoke about Rock's supposed diminishing status during a recent interview with Consequence of Sound. Addressing the whole Rock is Dead debate, he said... The point is, yeah, Rock is dead because if we play the game from 58 to 88, which is 30 years, you had Elvis, the Beatles, the Stones, Pink Floyd, and on and on. And you could go to the heavy part of it, which is Metallica, Maiden. If you want to put Kiss in there, that's fine. ACDC, on and on. Even U2, Prince, Bowie, Eagles. And then you get to disco stuff and Madonna and that stuff and Motown, of course. And then from 1988 to to today, who's the new Beatles? I've heard a reaction of Foo Fighters, one of my favorite bands, but you're kidding yourself. There's also the boy bands. And XYZ, PTA, and good for them, and they've got success. Don't kid yourself. As soon as those girls are going to grow a little bit older, that's going to go away. And then he goes on and on and on and on. But, um, I mean, he's, he's got points and all that, you know? He does. Because really, who, who is the new Beatles? There hasn't been nothing huge rock 
since GNR, really. But see, I mean, it's a different time, though. I mean, like you, the the media channels are way more expansive. So it's one of those things where MTV could be there to force feed you, you know, a handful of bands, or the radio right. could. But it's different now. Everybody just finds their own stuff that they like, and you know, they and they go with it. But that's that also is going to limit how giant a band's going to get. But because that's like even even if like MTV said tomorrow we're coming back, we're going to be music television again, the way you've wanted it for all these years. And not only that, we're bringing back Headbangers Ball on Saturday night. You know who's watching Headbangers Ball? The same people that watched it all those years ago. I mm-hmm. can't imagine too many young people. Some, there's going to be some out there, but not too many young people are going to be excited about staying up on Saturday night to watch the Headbangers Ball, especially when there's so many other options for entertainment yeah. out there now. You know, like you said, when we were young, we only had, you know, so many channels. There was no internet. There was few distractions. We read magazines for crying out loud. You know? <laughs> right. It was totally a different time where your your entertainment was limited, you know, and so it made that special. It built anticipation for these things, whether that be, you know, oh, I can't wait for Saturday night for Headbangers Ball, or oh, I can't wait for this album to come out, or oh, I can't wait for that band to come to town. You know, nothing was instant. Everything you had to wait for. And you know, good and bad. You know, is it nice to have instant access to anything you want nowadays? Sure, of course it is, you know. I wouldn't want to be without my phone. I imagine all the insane things I'd have done with it when I was a kid if I'd had the, you know, the technology back then. But, you know, with today, just the way it is, you know, it's it's not the same. You know, of course, albums are never going to sell like they did in 88. And the music industry is never going to be the way it was in 88. But, to say rock's completely dead means that there's no young kids out there hearing Kiss or Metallica or whatever for the first time and going, wow, you know, what is this, a guitar? Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to do that. I want to make those sounds, you know. So I don't think rock ever truly dies, but the business of rock is if he would just say the rock business is dead, nobody would question that. Well, I think, and, and he kind of does further down in this article because he says rock is dead. You bet your ass it is, not because the talent isn't there, but because the business model just doesn't work. And he says, and, yeah. and then I like what he says here. He says, and that leaves live live performances. And I really hope once this vaccine takes hold, that people go out to local clubs and see all the new bands. And support new bands like a baby that's on the floor. Go up there, pick that baby up, and coddle it. Give it love because those new new bands need your love. I like what he said there. Amen to that. Yeah, definitely. So it's it's also one of those things where it you have to read into context on this stuff because of course they're just going to run the headline. Gene Simmons says rock is dead. So I think he's maybe a little misunderstood on this, you know. And it's it's not that it's dead. It's just changed, and mm-hmm. you know the business of it's changed. You know, and uh, nobody's getting you know gigantic amounts of money for it anymore. But there's plenty of bands that are surviving. It's just you have to learn how to work the system. Right. Yeah. It's it's a whole different ball game. It's not you know put the band together, work on these songs, find somebody to help you record a demo, get that in front of the right people, do shows, play out, play out, play out, get a small tour, you know, opening for a friend's band that's doing okay, get seen by that record company, get signed by that record company, go into the studio, record, you know, it it just don't work that way no more. Right. So that leads me to the next story, which is, Headline, Paul Stanley doesn't believe rock is dead. (laughs) 
But if nice. anybody can kill it, it's going to be Paul Stanley and Soul Station. Well, we'll get to that in a little bit. Okay. But, um, <laughs> it's not dead yet, but people, I'm trying. Right. But he says in a new interview with SiriusXM Canada's Canada Now with Jeff Samut was asked if he would agree with Gene's recent declaration. He responded, I think that life, rock, whatever it is, is never a constant. Let's say, for example, if you take somebody's pulse and it's weak, it doesn't mean that they're dead. It means that the pulse is weak, and it doesn't mean it won't come back stronger. I don't think that music can never can ever be dead. I don't think that bands can be dead. Rock can be dead. It just takes somebody to reignite it to the level it has been at some time in the past. And he says, a computer will never take the place of flesh and blood people making music. People may be enamored with it, and it may eclipse the other but ultimately, it all comes full circle. It all comes back. It doesn't go away. It may be sleeping, but there are bands out there making great music. Yeah. See, I like that because that's true. That that rings true to what we do on this show when we do Smash Trash on a Friday night or we do you know, a Fresh Blood episode where we seek out new bands that are out there doing it. And there are some amazing bands. That's one of my favorite things to tell people. I hear it all the time. When, you know, we get in a conversation about my podcast, you know, what do I do? What do we talk about? And they say, well, you know, yeah, that old stuff is the best stuff. And I'm like, well, yeah, maybe. And they say, well, there ain't no music nowadays. I say, no, no, that's where you're wrong. You know, there really is. You just got to be able to find it. And I said, that's where podcasting kind of steps in in the place where Metal Edge used to be, where Hit Parader used to be, where Headbangers Ball used to be, where you would get turned on to that kind of music. So you like this band. You tune into this show, you're probably going to like this band, or you're going to at least understand where the hosts are coming from when they say, hey, this band, check this out, you know? So there is some awesome stuff out there. It's harder to find for sure, but not if you're looking for it. You got to look for it. Yeah, just listen to us and we'll let you know. Yeah, we'll help you out. <laughs> We're glad to help you out and tell you about all kinds of great new bands that are coming out because they are. We're long overdue for a Fresh Blood episode. I yeah, think we, we need we to do get that. get away with that, because usually indie artists, we can get away with playing their music. So I think Okay, yeah, let's try it out. Let's do it. It's it's We're due for that. Anybody got any good suggestions for new bands that you've never heard us talk about or play on the show before? Hit us up on the yep. uh, comment section on the post when this comes out and let us know what, what we should be considering to play. So here's where I dug really hard to find new stories. I'll tell you the headline. Motley Crue's Time for Change is featured in a commercial for Delta Faucets. Wow. Talk about things being different. Do you remember the times when if a band did that, they would be, like, cast out? <laughs> oh, yeah. You get mocked mercilessly. You sellouts, you know. How could you sell your your song, Motley Crue? Imagine saying that in 88. Motley Crue's going to sell out one of their songs for a commercial for Delta Faucets. Yep. You'd be like, no way, man. Motley Crue would never do that. Delta's faucets, shower heads, and other kitchen and bathroom accessories. It's a commercial. And um, it's fitting, though, because, I mean, listening to Time for Change is about as enjoyable as doing the dishes. Yeah, yeah. I guess so. maybe they could, like, do a flashback in time of when uh, Nikki Six and Tommy Lee weren't bathing on tour for a while and be like, Delta faucets, if it can clean up these filthy bastards, you can imagine what it can do for your family. Yeah, I'm looking at the blabbermouth comments since somebody put some fake song titles like Shout at the Basin. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Too fast for soap and looks that swirl. <laughs> My goodness. Oh, man. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, I still got to wonder, like, what was 
you know, the top, that uh, Motley Crue was supposed to be sober for the making of that record, but you got to be on drugs if you look at each other and go, <laughs> you know what we need? We need a metal We Are the World. Yeah. You had to be high when you came up with that idea. Well, I'm thinking like, uh, you know, hard rock, but unity, man. Like, bring it all together. Like, they were, they were off the heroin and cocaine, but they were smoking a lot of weed. I love some cheesy anthems, but even I don't like that song. No, that song is maybe the worst thing Motley Crue ever did. Mm, I don't know about that, but yeah, pretty um, close at least. Yeah, but but yeah, that's uh. Let us know which. Did you buy a Delta faucet because of Motley Crue being on the commercial? That's what the the real question. Is. I would did think it, it would product. It would drive me the other way because I'd be like, damn, out of all the Motley Crue songs, Delta faucets, you picked that one. <laughs> Oh, shit. I'm going to the other brand, the Moen or whatever. <clears throat> Here's some uh, John Bush news. This is uh, in a brand new interview with Pierre Gutierrez, former Anthrax and current Armored Saint frontman. John Bush was once again asked whether he was still open to the idea of embarking on a special tour, which he would perform material from his time as the singer of Anthrax. Hmm. He responded, well, it was... It was an idea that never really came to fruition for various reasons. Probably had something to do with me and my own slight laziness because I think I would have to be the guy that would have to obviously carry it because it would be my thing and maybe I'm just not really ready to give it just not ready to give it the time at the time. It's something that I would like to do at one point because I love those records and I have good relationships right now with the Anthrax camp with the band members and also Mike Monterulo, the manager. So who knows? We'll see. It's certainly in my mind to do something and i would like to play some of those songs live at some point because there's some great tunes yeah and he says i was able to do it with metal allegiance at a couple of shows we played only in room for one more and that was really fun and the crowd really seemed to dig it oh i bet but it's there in my mind to do something i just don't know yet i'm kind of busy with this other thing armored saint and other aspects of life so it's just trying to fit it in somehow i re- i would absolutely pay top dollar to see that mm, i'd buy tickets to that for sure I, I love his period of Anthrax, and um, those albums don't get enough love because, you know, mo- they pretty much stick to the Joey tunes on the on the shows now because Joey's in the band. So right. there's a lot of material not getting played that is really great material. Remember when Anthrax did the uh, the thing when John, when John Bush was in the band and they took some of the classic Anthrax songs mm-hmm. and re-recorded them in the studio with John Bush singing? Yeah, the greater of two evils. Greater of two evils. That was pretty cool. It was neat to hear the way that John Bush would deliver those songs. What if, what if Anthrax did the opposite of that? Took some of the best songs from the John Bush era and had Joey Belladonna do the vocals on them. It's an interesting thing to think. I don't. I don't think Joey would go for it though. No. I think with John being the replacement guy, I think he was more open to doing that because he knew the fans loved that stuff. But I don't know. Something just tells me that Joey would say no to that. I'd love to hear it, though, just because it would be interesting as an experiment. You'd have to sell it to Joey Belladonna as, like, revenge. Like, remember that time they did that to you? (laughs) Now is your chance. Yeah, fuck that guy. You need to redo his vocals and see what he thinks about it. That'd be cool. Did you know John Bush used to be the voice of the Burger King? That's right. That's true. I never found a Burger King commercial where I ever heard the guy's voice and thought, "Wow, that's John Bush." But I've always read that. Oh, I've heard, I've seen one or two. I'll find them on YouTube and send them to you. Can tell it's him when you hear it. So then it's like that one would be a good commercial too, because then it would be like, uh, you know, yeah, when well, you want an apple pie for that? Oh, I don't know if I got room. You've got room for one more. <laughs> 
And then John Bush slaps them and eats their apple pie. Or the ultimate revenge, Joey Belladonna becomes the voice of Ronald McDonald. (laughs) (laughs) Or And then Neil Turbin takes up the role of Jack in the Box. Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, like all of them do burger commercials. Oh, man. Yeah, probably better just stick with the John Bush tour, singing the old Anthrax songs. Who do you get to play, though? Does he just use his Armored Saint band? I don't know if they'd be down for that. But I see what he's saying about how... You know, because it's not Anthrax, because when you go to an Anthrax show, no matter who the singer is, you're going to an Anthrax show. This is going to be John Bush and some players he brings with him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the pressure would be on him because nobody's going, oh, yeah, the solo, look at the solo. You know, oh, there's Charlie on drums, you know, and it, yeah, it takes away from the whole. I'll tell you who, what he could do. He could get Dan Spitz on guitar. He could get Dan Lokler, Lilker on bass, and he could get Greg D'Angelo on drums because they were all in Anthrax at one time or another. Wow, that's crazy. And then they're all playing songs that they had no nothing to do with that era. <laughs> they could call it Scabthrax. Scabthrax. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, and that's the news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's enough for that story. Um, this is an interesting one. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to this. Did you know there was a uh, a previously unreleased Ronnie James Dio era Sabbath uh, demo that got leaked online this past week? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw that. It was a news post, and I listened to it immediately. Pretty cool. You liked it? I did like it. I it, I think it's it's incomplete. You know, yeah. it's not it's not you know what you would expect to be on a finished product it's definitely a demo but i think for what it is it's pretty cool and you know i'm never going to say no to you know previously unreleased classic era material from sabbath or dio or anybody like that so you know sweet surprise you know is it is it something awesome that you want to you know buy the cd of you know or anything like that no because it's just a demo but for what it is Man, I love stuff like that. Well, that's like, and I, it's called slapback, which is like a recording term, and um, which just tells you it was just a, a word they threw on there, you know, when they were working out the song. But uh, I guess Jeff Nichols' stepson had found a bunch of old tapes from his dad because Jeff was the keyboardist in Sabbath for a long time, right. and this this was on one of those tapes, and. I listen to it and I, it's I mean it's in it it's an interesting oddity to listen to because you know who's you know that that's Dio and Sabbath doing it but it sounds almost more like an elf song to me than a Sabbath song it doesn't really fit their sound I think that's probably because the guitars don't have the punch that you're used to coming from Tony Iommi you know the guitars yeah. in this demo are pretty far down into the mix and Dio is right up front so I think that kind of gives it its elf feel because elf was never known for their you know thunderous guitar tones right more folk well, some people I guess some people I guess are thinking that it might be um, Ronnie James Dio playing bass on it but I don't hmm. know if that's confirmed yet I mean it is a demo maybe it's yeah who knows it's you you really don't know with stuff like that I mean, how many times on the real albums over the years have you questioned who's actually playing what? On a demo, I don't know. You you may not ever know truly for sure. Yeah. I'd love to hear anything they have in the vault from that era of, of Sabbath just because it's a fascinating time for yeah. them. Yeah. I wish there was more stuff out there from the Ozzy era, too. Like, oh, that's the thing. All our favorite bands. That's like anytime we talk to somebody 
that's from a worthwhile band that we, you know, really were into when we were younger, I always want to ask, is there anything else? Is there anything, you know? It's like time we talked to Tommy Skeel, and he's like, oh, I threw all that shit in the garbage. He's like, well, no. <laughs> no, no. Yeah, yeah, it's long gone. I don't know what I was thinking, you know. Drugs crazy. You're like, yeah, damn it. Damn it, man, you know. But I mean, to them, it's just it's just stuff they worked on. They don't really think much about it. It's not, yeah. To them, it's way different than what it is to us. To us, it's you know magical treasure well, like, um, from the past. You know, archaeology. Well, that crazy ex girlfriend of Ace Fraley's. You know, she's she's been trying to sell off a bunch of his old cassette tape demos. And but when you look at the pictures of them, it's like they you can tell they're not well kept, and you can just tell Ace probably just threw all that shit in a shoebox and threw it in the attic and just didn't take care of it. Right. Well, that's like kind of how we were saying at the top of the show about how, you know, after 400-some episodes, you don't look at each one individually mm-hmm. anymore. It becomes this long, drawn-out, you know, adventure. So if we can't remember what episode, you know, 294 was, it's how important is something some guy scratched down and played down on a cassette tape in, you know, 84 right. And never with no intent to use it, just thought, well, I'll record it, and if I use it, I use it. If I don't, I don't, whatever. They don't take that cassette tape and go, now, in 2020, this is going to be a cherished item. I better take care of it. If they'd have known, they'd have probably done a lot more of that stuff. Hey, I'm going to, this is me squirreling away some money for the future. I'm going to take this 60-minute Max L tape, and I'm just going to record myself jamming, because I'm going to be jamming anyway. I'm going to record it, put it back in its case, stash it, and in 2021, I'm going to bring it out and sell it for $20,000. Because somebody will buy it. I don't know. Although I've got a bunch of, not that any of my stuff's valuable, but i got a bunch of crap laying around that if I was famous, it would probably be worth something, and it's just being it's just taking up shelf space and looks like crap now but anyway yeah a while back i found a uh old radio tape of myself i've been wanting to hear that that's right yeah i've told you about yeah, that before you need to digitize need that to, so we can listen to it i do need to do that because i haven't even heard it in years and the tape is still in good shape It'd be a trip to listen to it wasn't laying on the moist side of my storage unit somewhere in northern new york you were a teenager at that point right Early 20s, around in there. All right, so um, on a, a bit of a serious story, I, I'm sure you've seen the updates that uh, Oz Fox from Striper had to undergo brain surgery this week. That guy's been going through health problems for a long time now. Yeah, and he was, uh, I guess he had two tr- two tumors in his head, and they went to treat one of them. And uh, said one of was in, one in his ear and the other in the back of his brain. Man. And, it's uh it's very serious stuff and uh he went in and his wife's been posting updates and i guess like for three hours it was like an eight hour surgery and like for three of the hours during surgery they had him awake and playing guitar just to i guess test motor function oh wow and um you know he's not out of the woods yet but i think the surgery went well and they're just kind of trying to keep up with you know how he's recovering from it but it's it's really scary stuff that guy's fought through a ton of stuff over the last year or so yeah think about that a tumor on the back of your brain getting removed that's that's not you know minor surgery that's some serious stuff yeah but it's kind of cool that you know they're using the guitar how music can help you know keep a guy like him sharp i remember talking to dick wagner and you know he had had his big stroke and he was talking about 
getting back on the guitar after that and it didn't come back to him immediately mm-hmm. it was like he like through what he went through which is you know traumatic brain shock kind of forgot how to play the guitar but over time and not giving up and sticking with it it all come right back to him but it took a little time for it to to get there so you know it's I don't know. There's something special about that where Oz Fox is using the guitar and using rock and roll and using his music to help heal himself. You know, I like that. Actually, and this is off topic, but I was watching a Dave Mustaine interview the other day, and like, and I remember reading this in his uh, autobiography about like he was, I think he was in rehab at the time, and he fell asleep on a chair with his arm hanging over the back of the chair, and it was like that for hours and it caused like an issue with his nerves and his arm. And it took him, Oh dang. it took him months to, to retrain his fingers and stuff to work again. Cause it was so damaging to his arm. They told him he wouldn't play the guitar again. And, and then he had to put on what you, you know what a tens machine is. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. I, I own several. <laughs> yeah, I, I figured you did with your back issues, but, uh, he had to use a tens machine like to kind of stimulate the nerves in his fingers to start working again. It took him months wow. and months to learn how to do it again. That's crazy. Yeah, don't sleep in a chair. It might mess you up. Yeah, anytime I'm in a chair and I've got my arm hanging over, I think about think that. Think about that, like, oh, yeah. Don't do it. Because <laughs> it really got to me when I read it in the book. I'm like, holy fuck. Yeah, something like, so simple could cause so much problems. I would be in an absolute panic if that happened to me. Right. Just crazy. Well, thoughts and prayers go out to Oz Fox, man. We're pulling for you, brother. You know, we need you back out there rocking again real soon. So do what you got to do. Keep using that guitar to keep yourself sharp and just know the fans of rock and metal got your back. Yep. And a couple more stories here. Um, this comes from Loudwire. It says, uh, Nikki Six says this $20,000 shirt listed on eBay is not his. <laughs> Does it say it's uh, his? Nikki Six's yeah, shirt? Yeah, the list. The listing claimed that the shirt was owned and worn by the rocker the night of Motley Crue's final 2015 show, and it was asking nearly $20,000. Six took a screenshot of the listing, which was posted on eBay Canada. The shirt was a black long-sleeve button-down with white skulls painted on it. Nikki Six owned and worn final concert t-shirt, Motley Crue 2015, The Dirt It Read. The bidding has since ended, so the page is no longer available to view the rest of the details that were provided. Yeah not my shirt six wrote over the screenshot on his instagram story so uh yeah somebody was trying to scam people with this yeah and I'm, I'm trying to look at look at it now and it's not listed anymore but what a fucking shitty thing to do got busted by nikki six himself that's i hate how people scam it is dumb like but this. i mean who's gonna pay twenty thousand dollars for a shirt i i wouldn't i would. you know i guess it's a perspective thing if you got the money you might look at it differently if you loved Motley Crue a lot. Final shirt ever worn on stage? Eh, maybe, you know. But then you better you better look up that concert and look for some concert photos or some concert footage of that very last night of the very last Motley Crue show and look real close at that shirt because somebody had the bright idea to go, you know what, I could, I could paint that shirt. I could make one just like that, you know, and have it look just like the one he wore on stage that night and turn around and try to sell it. So long as the only thing that can mess up my plan is if Nikki Six himself sees it and says, bullshit. Well, and plus, if, uh, if it was the original shirt, would you be able to get your money back since it's now not going to be the final concert shirt? That's right. They still got one they owe us, don't they? <laughs> yeah. I forgot all about that. 
<laughs> Here's something I didn't have on my list, but uh, I I don't know if you heard about it. Did you see that there was uh, this girl that had to go on Dr. Phil because she thought that she was having these online relationships with Brett Michaels and Nikki Six? No. Yeah, I guess like her friend. Somebody was cockfishing her. Yeah, <laughs> cockfishing. Um, somebody had gotten Dr. Phil. A friend of hers gotten a hold of Dr. Phil and said, you got to do something because this person is, you know, or people are lying to her saying that, you know, that they're these guys and they're not. And it was just, I felt so bad for the girl because you could tell she really wanted to believe it. But, right. And that's um, that's half of it. When my wife used to watch that stupid catfish show and it's like, yeah. it's the same every time. You want to believe something so badly that you yeah. will fool yourself into believing you're talking to Brett Michaels and Nikki Six, and they're fighting over you. They're both madly in love. Oh, yeah. And, and she had even sent both of whoever this person was money. Oh no! Yeah, it was it was really it was really, and I felt bad for the girl because of course all the blabbermouth comments and people right. are like, this crazy this fat girl nuts and blah blah blah. And, but it's just like you know it's I thought I felt she was kind of exploited. But it, the cool thing was that uh, Brett and Nikki did reach out to her directly, and they were I think they offered her like passes or something. But I don't know. I just felt bad. Like and then I was watching a show. It was a catfish type of show with my daughter earlier today, and I was just like, thank God this technology didn't exist when i was young i was like it's just so many awful things that people do to each other especially teenagers these days and just like anything else it's easy to do it from the safety of you know miles and miles away in front of a computer screen or on a phone you know yep it seems like when we were young the you know the information was an instant but the consequences were (laughs) that's for damn sure because man fist fights and things like that you know if you if you said something funny to somebody you were running the risk of getting punched in the face for it you know and vice versa if somebody said something funny to you and so like with the consequence being instant like that you always kind of watched what you said you know you didn't want to lip off to the wrong people but with the advent of the internet and i guess trolling is what you want to call it uh yeah that's that's some crazy stuff man that's a bummer it's got to be like that but like i said i can i don't know what i'd have done my wife and i were talking about this the other day some of the stuff we went through with ace when he was young with cell phones you know Mm -hmm. and i could never get onto him too much you know you want him to know right from wrong but i also think god what would i have done if i'd had this technology and be like I'm never hanging out at the mall again. I can meet girls online. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) The malls would have went out of business 30 years before they did. (laughs) Oh, man. I would have been in so much trouble with that stuff. Isn't that funny how the the rise of cell phones coincide with the fall of malls? Hey, we don't ever have to hang out in front of the Orange Julius to meet women again. Oh, dude, like teenagers don't really even hang out anymore. They just stay to themselves all the time. It's crazy. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's... The whole social aspect thing is just kind of a dead thing now. It's weird. But come to Rockin' Pod and actually get to meet people. That's right. <laughs> yes. They'll sign your autographs. You can take your stuff home. You stay in the hotel, party, have a good yeah. time. Interaction, people. That's what it's all about. I was talking to somebody at work today, and I said, you know, I feel like in the big picture of things, in humanity, that losing the ability to shake hands and smile at each other that's got to have some kind of negative effect on us all as a whole, you know? 
And so I think that's what's going to make Rock and Pod this year so much more special than even as awesome as all the years in the past where I think that's what's going to make this year so much special, more special than even all the other ones is the fact that we've been deprived for so long, you know, we haven't got the interaction with our friends, fellow rock and rollers. I mean, I guess thank God for podcasts and on our end, thank God for podcasting because this is our way of still being able to reach out and, you know, talk with people about rock music and the things that are, you know, important to us like this. And, you know, it, it, it's able to keep it alive, but nothing ever replaces the in-person interactions, you know? And so I'm, I know if I, for one, am super looking forward to Rock and Pod this year and just to get back out and do stuff again in general. Yeah. And uh, the only other news story I have is that uh, Journeys Don't Stop Believing passed a billion streams on Spotify this week, which, you know, congrats to Steve Perry and company. I hope you enjoy the $21.50 you make off of it. <laughs> In 1988, Journey could have sold two CDs and made more money than they made by doing a billion streams. Yeah. That song will never die, though. You have to give it credit. (laughs) Yeah. You know, people from all walks of life love that song. People that love pop music love that. People that like rock music love that song. That song is like the ultimate crossover song that everybody loves. I don't know anyone who doesn't like. I mean, it's overplayed. Right. But I don't know anyone who can't say it's a good that it's not a good song. Right. You don't say, "Oh, that song sucks." You say, "Man, I've heard it a million times." But you know, it's one of those songs oh. you still kind of jam along to a little bit when nobody's looking. And here comes at least five people in the comment section saying, "I think the song sucks," but that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. <laughs> I remember years ago, years ago, in one of the little local wrestling promotions I was working at. Uh, there was these two big strong dudes and they were doing like a backstage promo thing and the one guy's pumping iron he's got his headphones on he's jacking you know he's all all muscular all jacked and the guy comes up and goes hey man what are you listening to and he just kind of looks at him he keeps pumping his muscles and stuff and he's like you know hey man what are you listening to and the guy says I'm listening to Journey and the guy goes Journey Journey sucks, and the dude slams down his barbells. <laughs> they start brawling. It was one of the best things I ever seen on independent level of wrestling. Is like that's that's awesome. That's real. <laughs> so does one billion Spotify streams? Does that make that the most popular song on Spotify of all time? Are they the uh, first ones me, to do it? Let me see if it says. I didn't really even look that deeply into it, but it says. Uh, Officially hit more than 1 billion streams. Okay, currently Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody and Don't Stop Me Now also sit at over 1 billion streams. And wow. Wonderwall also does too by Oasis. Really? Who wants to hear that song? I'd again? never Jesus. guess Wonderwall. Oh, that's a huge song. Um, I guess I don't, yeah, I forget the uh, the European love of that band. Oh, but that, even in America, you couldn't get away from that fucking song in the 90s. The, I liked some the Oasis. At the time, but, but that was before Spotify. I mean, this when Spotify came out, everybody started at zero together. You know, oh, I know, but... Let the race begin. Well, there's an answer for Gene Simmons' question, because honestly, Oasis was about as big as all the bands that he was listening to. And they, if they didn't break up due to their brothers hating each other, they would still be playing stadiums. I'm confident in that. Hmm. Hmm. Dude, they were fucking massive, and I think they would. If they said tomorrow, "Hey, we're gonna go back on tour together," they would sell out any stadium they wanted to play. Yeah, 
Yeah, I guess they were yeah. popular. I guess I was a little older than that. My younger brother was way into Oasis, but he loved the Beatles, you know. So it was like, mm-hmm. I don't know. People always compared them to the Beatles. I go, I don't see it. They're yeah, they're British, you know. Yeah, they might have the same haircuts, but other than that, I just don't <laughs> see it. I, this is not the second coming of Lennon and McCartney. Oh, they wrote some great stuff. Oh, I'm, just, I'm not going to get into it. But uh, someday yeah, I mean, we're going to do that Oasis episode, though, because I think at this point I'll do it. I've been watching every time I go to the the CD store, the used music store, or wherever. If I mm-hmm. find an Oasis CD that I don't have, I buy it. Mm-hmm. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. listen to it right away, but I think I almost have them all now at this point. So I could do my own deep dive on Oasis and come back with the facts, Jack, and let you know if Oasis is for real or not. There's a great documentary on them called Supersonic. I think it's it's on Netflix and uh, either that or Amazon. But I don't know that I would almost recommend you watch that as a way as a door in because kind of like I did with the Ramones, like it, you you'll kind of appreciate them more when you hear their story. All right, all right. I'm willing to give it a shot, you know, after all this time of doing the show. I've become way more open-minded than I used to be, so I'll give Oasis a chance. Like I said, I've been, I knew the day was going to come eventually that somebody would want to talk about Oasis, and I kept finding their CDs for a dollar and passing them up, and then finally one day I said, you know what, if they're going to be sitting here for a dollar anyway, I might as well grab them up. And then once I got, like, the first four for a buck, then I found mm-hmm. that the other ones were a little more expensive, and it's like, well, I'm already committed now, so here I go. Well, I mean, but you I mean you appreciate some Beatles stuff, right? Of course, I love the Beatles, most of it. You can appreciate their stuff because I mean, it, I'm not saying they're as good as the Beatles, but I'm saying they're they harken back to the Beatles and they have really good melodies. So yeah. I think I, I think you could appreciate it. You just have to give them a shot. They're like what classic '78 was to Kiss. Kind they are of to the yeah. Beatles, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, there's obviously a lot of crossover there. Kind of like the Greta Van Fleet for the Beatles? Yeah, I think they're a little more original than Greta Van Fleet is, though. Now, like I said, I'm willing to give it a shot. What the hell? Look forward to that one, people. Here's a good question. The heavier side of Oasis. (laughs) Yeah, in the comments section, tell us what you think of Oasis. I'd be interested to hear what our listeners think of them. Yeah, and if we should even bother doing a show about them, or if I should just throw all these CDs away. Well, give them to me if you want. <laughs> I don't think I have any Oasis yeah, CDs. Great. Actually. I'll, I'll mm-hmm. trade you for your Thin Lizzy CDs. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can keep the book, man. I just want the CDs. Uh, okay. <laughs> have you got to dig into them anymore? Yeah, I've, I think I've got. Well, I'm going. I'm still reading the book, going through the book a little bit at a time, but I've I've listened to all the CDs. Anything in there that really blew your mind? Oh, a lot of stuff. Yeah, nice. I mean, there's there's so many cool like alternate mixes of stuff and demo versions. It's like it's what the Kiss box set should have been. It's it, it's a lot of stuff you've never heard before, or it's alternate versions of what you heard before. That's it's, cool. And there's a great live concert from the Chinatown tour on there. It's just amazing. Right on. Very cool. Well, does everybody feel satisfied? Have you gotten your news fix, the important stuff, the stuff you really need to know? We're always here to lay it on you because we are the Decibel Geek Podcast. We love to talk about rock and roll. New, old, current, not current. We don't care. We love it all. That's right. 
Well, I guess then, I guess we can wrap this up, and uh, we will be back this Friday night for Friday Night Live with Rock and Ron. Like I said, that's <laughs> going to be streaming live on the Facebook. It's also going to be streaming live on Decibel Geek TV on the YouTube. If you are not a liker of the Decibel Geek Podcast Facebook page, give that a like and a follow, and you'll always get the updates anything cool and extra we got going on like Friday Night Live. Um, once again, as always, thanks to Pantheon Podcasts. They are the ones that help us bring this show to you. If you guys want to do us a solid, give Pantheon Podcasts a like on the Facebook and check out some of the podcasts on their roster. They've got all kinds of cool stuff going on over there, and they're all dedicated to music. You know, whether it's rock and roll archaeology, uh, rock and or roll. Shout it out loud cast. There's a bunch of really great ones over there that Pantheon uh, supports, and you should support those too. You want a Decibel Geek t shirt? There's only one place it's going to give it to you the way you want it. Clicktees.com. That's clicktees with a K. Get yourself a Decibel Geek t shirt. It's going to be hard because once you go there, you're going to say, Oh, I've got my money for my Decibel Geek t shirt. And then you're going to see a bunch of other shirts and go, Well, that other one is pretty cool too. You know, so try to do your best to get a Decibel Geek t-shirt when you go to Click Tees. If you don't, can't blame you because there are so many cool shirts on there. But maybe the next time you go back, get Decibel Geek. <laughs> That's right. Other than well, that, this was fun. Other than that, rockandpod.com is all your information for Rock and Pod. Stay tuned for more details about that. And, uh, whew, man, I needed this tonight. I was tired out when we started this, and I'm feeling pretty good about it now. Yeah, I'm looking forward to... Uh doing it next week we're still working on some some big guests coming up and uh yeah you know tune in on friday and all that good stuff and uh, thanks for listening all right see ya at the home depot we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right that's why we offer free and interactive online diy workshops During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com slash workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.